0: Thank you for joining us today on our online campus here at Evangel Temple. We are so excited to have you be a part of this ministry. and We hope this message today is a blessing to your life. I'm excited about the Word of God that's going to be preached. We start a series about I Love My Church. Jesus came to establish the church. He didn't just build a lot of other organizations. He invested in the church, established the church. And friends, we believe in what the church is accomplishing today and in our world. And so I trust this series will be a blessing in your life. I also want to encourage you to support uh, by your giving and by your prayers what God is doing. You're a part of our online campus, and we do not take that for granted. And I want to encourage you to support and, and just join with us as we believe for great things. God's called us to reach the lost. That's the mission of the church. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And we're very intentional about reaching people for Christ. Let this sermon series be a blessing to you. Oh how much you love him tell jesus how much you love him I love Jesus. Come on, you can do better than that. I love Jesus. Te amor, Jesus. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Please stand for the reading of the scriptures. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, 18, and 19. We lay the groundwork for part two of the message. I love my church. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't forget Jim Raley tonight at 6 o'clock. Baptism at 6 at the start of the service. The girls should be home. Uh, The bus right about 6 o'clock. So, and then kids choir, all of that meeting tonight. Wednesday night we'll continue our verse-by-verse exposition of Hebrews chapter 11. We're also going to have a special healing service. I just feel that that's important as we're making preparation for Palm Sunday next Sunday and Easter Sunday the following week. And uh, the Lord just put that in my heart to uh, we're going to have a special time of anointing the sick, laying hands on the sick Wednesday night during the evening service. Matthew chapter 16 verse 17, Jesus answered and said unto Simon Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. There are some things that you'll never get if you only walk in the natural realm. If you're not listening to the Spirit of God, there are some things that will never come alive. There are some mysteries that will never unfold. I'm going to show you one momentarily. There There are some things only revealed by the Spirit of God to the spiritually hearing and understanding. And this is what Jesus is saying to Peter, flesh and blood won't reveal this, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not upon Peter, because he was a little rock, but upon Jesus, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And to the church, I will give the keys to the kingdom. Look at this. He didn't just give those keys to anyone. A lot of people think, I've got right, I've got I've got rights in Christ. I can exercise. I can use the keys. He gave the keys to the church right here. Thou art Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You may be seated. Jesus loves the church. The concept of the church was not a good idea. It was a God idea. The word in the Greek is ekklesia. It means a group called out, and they were called out for a specific intent. The word ekklesia is used more than two times what the words kingdom are used in the scriptures. People say, well, I'm a kingdom person. You better be a, you better be a church person, amen, because Jesus built the church, amen. You better be about building his church. There's a mystery, and I want everybody to go over to Ephesians chapter 5 and see this. There's a mystery that Paul writes about that a lot of Christians don't catch and don't understand. Ephesians 5.32, and I want to lay a little groundwork very briefly here. Ephesians 5.32, so many people think, well, this is a great passage of teaching on the home and the family of Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. But you know what? That's not the mystery found in this chapter here. Verse 32 says it's all about Christ and his church, that there's a mystery here, and he uses the analogy of the home and the family to bring out the teaching of Christ and his church. There is a A concept here, friends, that we need to catch and we need to understand that federal headship in the church is about there being a supreme leader of the church, a head of the church, and that is Jesus Christ. The husband is the head of the wife. Christ is the head of the church. Any church that does not acknowledge Jesus as the head, you need to walk out the back door and find another church. I'm telling you, there's but one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. You better get in a place and you better be in a place that honors Jesus. There's a mystery concerning Christ and the church and Christ is the head. He is the Savior of the body. There's a federal headship and there's a federal authority in the church. Jesus gave the keys to the church to unlock some things. Amen. He didn't didn't just hand you some keys uh, uh, for any old purpose, but because there's some locks. He had just taught Peter, he said, the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. The analogy of the gates that he's using to Peter and then follows it up, says, Peter, the church is going to have some keys. Because there's some gates that have enslaved, uh, held people back, held some things back from my people, I'm going to give you some keys to use on the gates of hell. Oh, you're not, somebody needs to say amen right now. There are some things that need to be unlocked that the devil's been keeping from you. Uh, Hell, uh, the Bible says in the last day, hell has enlarged itself. And, and hell has held captive uh, too many uh, of its prey for too long. And friends, I believe that we've been given the keys of the kingdom as the church to go in and unlock and unchain and undo and plunder hell and populate heaven. Somebody say amen. The concept of the church is not just New Testament. Stephen, in making defense before all of the leaders in Acts chapter 7, he calls them the ecclesia that was in the wilderness. Same word. He says the church, and King James translates it this way, the church that was in the wilderness. There is an Old Testament pattern of the church in the wilderness that we draw many wonderful insights for New Testament church today. And we understand that that church in the wilderness was brought out by signs, wonders, and miracles. Dare the church ever think that we're going to accomplish anything without God showing up with signs, wonders, and miracles today. I need a little help, Christian. Amen. I'm telling you, he that brought the church in the wilderness out was bringing them through the wilderness with signs, wonders, with his presence, amen, his provision, The church still has to depend on his presence and his provision, and he was bringing them in to the promises of God. The church still has a holy calling to come out and to come in. We have a responsibility not to touch the church. Amen? That the church is special to Jesus, and he says, I love the church. I give myself for the church, and we ought to embrace what heaven clearly reveals Old Testament and New Testament as as from God, as a pattern, as what God is using in this hour to touch our world. Evangel temple has a great foundation and a great history. Seventy years, everybody say 70, is a milestone. It is a biblical number in numerology, very significant number. Israel in September will celebrate 70 jubilees. It's a very important year for Israel in numerology. You know we're in the year of the Smita. But in September, they'll celebrate 70 years of jubilees. Seventy represents something very important. Jubilee represents something very important. Today, we stand here after 70 years And on our birthday as a church family, and we say to God, be the glory for all of the past, for everything that's been accomplished. But friends, God raises up leaders and brings leaders into position at appointed times. And for 50 years, Pastor Cecil Wiggins has been here to help lead this congregation he became pastor emeritus five years ago, but still very involved in the ministry. But I want us to pay tribute because he's coming right now. And I want us to represent, I want everybody to stand. And I want us to thank God for 50 of the 70 years, 50 of the 70 years. Come on, this has been a gift of God to the city, to Evangel temple. Come on, give God praise, amen. 50 of the 70 years. I want you to remain standing because he's gonna share from Philippians right now, so turn in your Bibles.
1: Open your Bible to the third chapter of Philippians. I'll read verse 13 and 14. It's an honor to tag team in this sermon today with Pastor Gary. I want to speak on the high calling of God. Philippians chapter three, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You may be seated. The high calling of God for Evangel Temple, it is to fulfill God's divine purpose, his calling, and his eternal destiny for this congregation in this city as part of the greater body of Christ in this world. We have a high calling of God. It began in 1945. First of all, out in Marietta on Devo Street by the railroad tracks, Reverend L.A. Barnado erected a tent and under the auspices of the Four Square Gospel Church conducted some services. That did not go for very long or last, and so he came to the Murray Hill area on Gilmore Street, erected a tent under the auspices of auspices of the Assemblies of God, and began a church that would be known as Murray Hill Assembly of God Church, which later would be called Evangel Assembly and Evangel Temple. So Brother Barnado came in 1945. He was followed by Reverend L.A. L.T. Martin in 1947, and then W.H. Casey in 1949, L.A. Allen in 1951, M.L. Thompson in 1953, and Pastor Thompson passed away. His wife, Ruth Thompson, continued, and she was elected as pastor in 1955. Then Brother Tyus, H.L. Tyus, Harold Tyus, in 1957, and he served this church for eight years and moved the church from the Murray Hill area to Ramona Boulevard. The old church site on Gilmore Street is buried under Interstate 10. So as you drive down Interstate 10, you can see I'm driving over holy ground. <laughs> Amen. I pay great respect to Brother Tyus. His integrity and influence in this city was impeccable. I praise God for he and his family. Then Pastor Gary was elected as co-pastor in 1982. And then finally, my retirement and five years ago, he was elected again as senior pastor in 2010. And today, we honor him on his five years as senior pastor. Would you just pause with me and let's do that? Amen. Praise God. The call from Pastor Harold ties in 1964 came when I was pastoring in Memphis, Tennessee. I came to Jacksonville in October and the church elected me to be the pastor of the church. There were 33 ballots cast. I had a fleece. I don't believe in fleeces, but I put a fleece out before God. Father, if I don't get 100% vote, I'm not coming. So it better be 100%. I knew it took a long time to count the ballots. I was waiting in a Sunday school room, and then they came out and told me, you were elected 100% as the pastor for Evangel Temple." Well, I didn't learn until years later, I was reading the minutes in an old book that two people had voted against me in the first ballot, and so they voted again and I got all the ballots, got all the votes. (laughs) So watch those fleeces, they'll trip you up. (laughs) So we began a journey of 50 years. On our way here from Memphis, Tennessee, I remarked to my wife, Possibly we'll be here at least two years. Well, we have been. <laughs> In the first year that we were here, we began to remodel the old sanctuary, which is across the street, now known as the ministry building. We built a kitchen and a fellowship hall and a prayer annex. We paved the parking lot and brick the outside of the old sanctuary across the street. In 1978, we purchased this property on this side of Ramona Boulevard, which was a swamp. It was a jungle. Pastor Gary and I walked through here and we claimed every inch of this ground for the glory of God. In 1979, we broke ground for the 1,000 seat sanctuary across the hall that now is the site of our children's church and other activities. And in 1980, we moved across the street and occupied that building and for 20 years, It served with that beautiful carpet that the Lord gave us Alabama clay. (laughs) God laid it on my heart and put a vision for a 3,000 seat sanctuary. And so in 1982, when we was flying across the ocean, God put that in my heart. In 1986, we built the Family Life Center. In 1983, we built the Sunday School building 1994, we purchased 80 acres of property in Hilliard, Florida, North Hilliard for our Summer Lake Retreat property. Beautiful 80 acres with four or five buildings there, all debt-free to the glory of God. I want to tell you today, there is no mortgage on this church property. Amen. We are in, we do have a debt for the new properties that we purchased down the street for future expansion on Ramona Boulevard and across the street, the Bishop property, and for the property to the west, the former medical center and 400 additional paved parking spaces that we've just completed remodeling the building and will be occupying in a few days. Today, we're under construction with a new lodge across the street. In a few days, you'll see that beautiful building rising up out of the ground. It's an all-purpose building that we believe that God has put it in the vision of our pastor, and we're helping to do that today, and we believe in what's taking place. Now then, we stand on the threshold of our future. There are three things in this passage of Scripture that we've got to take into consideration. We've got to forget those things which are behind We've got to reach forth to those things which are before and press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting, reaching, and pressing. Those are very important things. The high calling of God, what does that mean? God put us here, beloved. I believe God chose you to be a part of this congregation. And it's part of a high calling of God to help do what God wants the church to do in Jacksonville, Florida, in Northeast Florida, and Southeast Georgia. Along with all the other churches of this great metropolitan area, we want to be a good influence. We have a destiny to fulfill. It's the high calling of God. Our message here at Evangel Temple is that of the full gospel. First of all, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, being born again. Secondly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking with other tongues and operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Thirdly, the message of divine healing that Christ suffered for on the cross when he, at Calvary, when he was whipped with 39, uh, stripes on his back and then th- fourthly the great commission of evangelism going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature we believe in winning the lost and evangelism and third fifth the coming of the lord jesus christ next the rapture of the church followed by the great tribulation and then the second advent of christ when he comes back to conquer the antichrist and establish his kingdom on this earth for the millennium, for the 1,000 years of peace, followed by the eternal perfect state. Three things are required to accomplish that. Forgetting, reaching, and pressing. Forgetting things which are behind. Most of you have a GPS, and you hear that message that comes up. When possible, make a U-turn. We've all made a few mistakes, haven't we? Usually it's when we don't listen to our wife and our driving. Another message comes from inside the car, I told you so. (laughs) Sometimes the message is recalculating. We've made a few mistakes along the way, we don't deny that, but we've made some U-turns and we've recalculated. And try to get back on track. Failure helps us get back on the right track. When you look back on your failures, forget them. It helps you to get back on the right track. Remember the right track and the future. You can't rest on the laurels of yesterday's victories and good days. Wave goodbye to the past. I want everybody to wave goodbye to the past. Don't let it intimidate you. Don't let it hold you down from what God has for you in the future. Secondly, reach forth to those things which are before. Proverbs 29 and verse 18 tells us, where there is no vision, the people perish. Evangel temple has been a church with a vision. We've never been content with status quo. We have a vision today for the future that I believe is brighter than any time ever before. I wanna thank God for all the people who have been with us down through these years, especially the 50 years that we have been here. I owe a great debt of gratitude to all the people who have supported the vision that the pastors have submitted to the church. Reach forth. That means see, produce. It means perceive. It means confess, expect, and desire. If your desires are Christ-centered, he'll help you to obtain them. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white, all ready to harvest. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest for the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In Mark chapter nine and verse 37. Then finally, he said, press toward the mark. Paul admonishes us, press towards the finish line. It means in the race, you lean as a racer does towards that string across the finish line. You lean with everything you can. You press, you push, you stretch. We need some stretching. We were taught that in a lesson recently in a sermon. We need to stretch the gifts and the callings and the prayer time, the faith line. New horizons, there are additional things that God wants us to have. Today, we thank God for the 400 parking spaces that's been added to the church and the new building that we'll be moving into in just a matter of days. We thank God, not we won't be moving the sanctuary into there, but we will have activities there. We thank God for the media, live streaming, television, radio, all of these things. The media department has caused this church to stretch to go into areas we could never have invaded before. And we thank God for that. Today we're being led by a good leader. The future is unlimited. We must support our leader. I want Pastor Gary to come and he'll be doing the rest of the message. But I want us to have a prayer over him. Will you stand just for a moment and let's pray over Pastor Gary. Thank you, Father, for man. the man that you placed oh, in this position of man, leadership. And do him with power and anointing, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, health, and well-being, and favor in this city. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Please be seated for just a few moments. We do have a vision for the future. And God has called Evangel Temple in these last days to be a church that preaches the word of God without fear, favor, or compromise. Amen. He's called us to be a house of prayer. Jesus said, my house should be a house of prayer for people of all nations, all nationalities. There's a welcome mat at the front door that says people of all backgrounds, of all, uh, uh, no matter where you've been in life, you're welcome to the house of God to come worship. Amen? And we're called to lead people in pr- prayer. We're to realize, as Pastor mentioned, that uh, prophecy reminds us that the coming of the Lord is at hand. The believers in the first century had a common greeting that reminded them of the nearness of the return of the Lord, and it was Maranatha. This was a common greeting that as you saw other believers, you would say, Maranatha, Maranatha, the Lord cometh. I'm here to declare that, friends, part of what Evangel Temple is called to do in these last days is remind uh, remind a nation, remind a world, remind the church community, remind this church, the coming of the Lord is at hand. If you don't believe Jesus is coming soon, it gives you lead way to live any kind of life you want to live. Paul made it this emphatic. He said the hope of the coming of the Lord causes men to purify themselves to begin to live righteously and godly, to become salt and to become light in a sin-darkened world. I remind us, friends, that the church has all of the witness of the, of the Old Testament, the witness of the New Testament, reminding us, friends, the signs of the times are clear. Joel said in the last days the sun would be darkened. Jesus used that same scripture. Peter used that same scripture to remind us the signs in the heavenlies point to the last days that we're living in. How many saw the solar eclipse as far as either on video, you saw it on computer, you couldn't witness it live here in America. It was only in northern Europe. But I watched it on the BBC network, and it's one of the most incredible presentations of the moon. Blocking out the sun, and as it does, something that cannot be seen at any other time, the corona of the sun. Only when the full eclipse is in place can the corona be seen, but because of the brightness, the image of the sun, it overshines the corona, and it was one of the most spectacular sights, and people worldwide were watching this. And I thought, dear God, help people to realize what Jesus said because this is not happenstance. This solar eclipse is happening right between the tetrad of moons, the four blood moons that are taking place. Two weeks from yesterday will be the third in the cycle of the four blood moons. And then in September, the fourth, completing uh, the blood moon tetrad. As we went through that study, and we'll go through it a little closer Uh, Once again, to uh, rehearse, friends, all of these signs are reminding us uh, that what Joel said, what Jesus said, what Peter said, uh, that when you see the sun darken and the moon turn to blood, lift up your heads and know that your redemption is getting close. All that is happening in our world, we're in the year of the Smita. On the Jewish calendar, this is uh, 5775, it's the year of the double. It's the year of the Smita. Listen to me, church. Jonathan Kahn will stand here one month from today, and he will teach us about the Smita and how important this is. But you go back 14 years to when the Smita ended. It was a couple of days after 9-11 took place, and we had the market crash, which was the worst market crash since the Great Depression. That was on the day of the Smita in one Seven years later, I want everybody to watch this. Seven years later, on the day of the smita, we had the second in September of 08, we had the second largest crash since the Great Depression. Now we're coming up on the third SMITA, September 13th, 2015. What is gonna happen? The smita was all about how the people of the nation responded. If they humbled themselves and called on God, it became a time of immense provision and blessing upon the nation. If they had turned and departed from God and would not respond to God, it became a time of great judgment. I read a leading economist this week, his report about what's happening in the economies of the world and what's happening in the American economy. And friends, he predicts something major This is not spiritual at all. This is from a secular standpoint. He predicts something major on September 18th, 2015, this fall. I'm telling you, things are culminating. The 70th Jubilee will be in September. Things are coming together, and, and we need to lift up our eyes. This is not an alarm, this is an alert. Noah was called to warn a generation that soon God was going to do something he had never done before and he was called to build an ark when there had never been rain. And he built an ark to the saving of his family. Sir, you better build an ark. And I'm here to declare the ark is the church. If the biblical pattern is true, you better get your family in the church. You better get your household in the church. The door's about to close. Jesus is coming soon. When you see all of these things, when you see the fig tree bud in 1948, Israel became a nation. Seven zero years later is 2018. Before this this generation shall not pass before you see the Son of Man return. I, I don't know how all of this is calculating and tracking on your prophetic calendar. But let me tell you, everything is pointing to the fact that we're getting close. No man knows the day or the hour. But Jesus said, you shall know the signs and the seasons. Awaken church. Arise, church. Know that the coming of the Lord is getting near. As we stand on the threshold of what's happening in our world, we watch current events and we watch what's happening in our world. And God has called Evangel Temple, and I want our worship team to come back to the Arise vision. This vision will see the greatest influx of souls that we've ever seen because it's part of the vision God gave this church to affect the destinies of many. It incorporates some building programs, but, friends, it also incorporates blessing Israel. And I want everybody's undivided attention. When you give to Arise and you bless Arise, you are blessing Israel because the top 10% comes right off, and we sow that into Israel right in that nation, not ministries outside. But ministries inside that nation. As I am preaching right now, 300 Holocaust survivors are in an auditorium in Israel. They survived the Holocaust. And I met the director of the Handel's Messiah. And they're presenting the Handel's Messiah to this group with a Christian witness and stance and testimony. To these 300 survivors, and I want you to know Evangel Temple helped fund that concert that is going on right now to Holocaust survivors. Right now. They sent me a text a few hours ago and said, would you pray because it's about to begin in a couple of hours. This Tuesday, the pastor of one of the largest messianic churches will be here, and he wants to come visit and, and uh, in Tel Aviv, and they're doing a great work of God. And he'll be here this Tuesday. I want everyone to stand as the worship team comes back. But I want you to watch this because this is real important. There are no coincidences in God, no happenstances in God. Listen. Arise was not an afterthought of God. It is an intentional vision God gave to a people. And I want you to watch what's happening here because this is real important. That we bless Israel. Nine of us went to Israel two and a half weeks ago. While we were there, God miraculously opened the doors for all nine to go into the Knesset. i have known of hundreds of groups. I have hundreds of pastor friends who've been to Israel many times. One pastor friend has been 50 times and led groups every time. He's never had access to the Knesset. Our second time and God's given us access both times to go into Knesset and pray with leaders. We went in and we met with the fourth leading elected official in all of the Knesset. He's called the Lion of the Knesset. And as we're walking the halls two weeks ago of the Knesset, we've cleared all of security and we're there in the halls. The the hallways are lined up with tables and computers getting ready for the elections that took place this week. And I said, God, you've got us here on purpose and on assignment. And we began to lay hands on tables. I took out my oil and was anointing tables and computers and praying that the hand of God, at every point in history, when the prince of Persia rose up against Israel and the Jewish people to destroy them, God had an Esther in that kingdom. God's always going to have an Esther. Amen. Amen. God's always going to have an Esther, an intercessor, uh, one that will stand up and pray and intercede and speak forth, amen, and and we're laying hands on computers, walking through the Knesset because the rise was a vision God gave to this church to bless Israel, to pray over Israel, to sow into Israel. And God gave us access at what I believe was an important point in human history. And we're praying. We're interceding. And when Mr. Netanyahu spoke to Congress, we were on the Sea of Galilee lifting our hands. And every place we went, we prayed and we interceded. I was up in the midnight hours several nights praying over Israel and interceding over that nation. And God has called us to the kingdom for such an hour. Amen. As he called Esther to the kingdom. Arise, church of the living God and know that it's our time to get this nation to turn to God and believe for revival in America. I stood in the room this week in Colonial Williamsburg where George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, other leaders sat at a table and it was just something just filtering through my spirit as. I stood where men of our American history stood and they began to write the Bill of Rights, one of which is our sacred right to worship our God in the dictates uh, that we see in the Word of God and to honor the Lord without fear of the government coming in to disrupt that. And I stood there and I said, God, raise up some men and women that in these last days will take a stand for a nation. That we will move a nation back towards her God. That God is tired of the idolatry in America. God is, the Bible says that sin is a reproach to any people. For the wages of sin is death. And God wants a nation to be moved back towards him as the solid footing and the foundation. And God raise up young men and young women, moms and dads, grandmothers and granddads that will be willing to take a voice. When an elected official says to me, Pastor, I'll take a stand if the church will just stand behind me. I thought, dear God, what has happened that the church won't stand behind an official that's wanting to take a stand for righteousness in this city? Church, if we want our nation back, it comes as there's some Paul Revere's, as there's some Jeffersons, some Washingtons that are tired of the state church, state religion. Religion never saved anyone. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is you falling in love with Jesus and loving Jesus, not your denomination, not your religion, but you love Jesus so much that the word of God gets in you and you serve him and you live for him. If you want to declare your allegiance to his lordship and his federal headship I want you to move from where you're standing right now from all over this sanctuary up in the balcony come on if Jesus is Lord of your life I want you to come to this altar in closing for prayer everyone this is every believer every person pick up your belongings and come this is wide open for everyone to come because we're gonna pray for America We're going to pray for an awakening in our nation. We're going to pray for revival in America. I have stood in the last three weeks where great men and women of history have stood. And God said, I've called a church to the kingdom for such an hour as this, to change a nation, to see a nation turn to God, a nation spared judgment if we will repent. anyone leaves i want you to listen i said this in the early service i'm asking for three days of fasting monday tuesday and wednesday one meal a day monday one meal tuesday and one meal wednesday a complete fast how many will fast for america one meal each day you can eat the other two meals but you'll give one meal and i want us to repent for our nation I want us to repent for the false idols and false gods. God's called Evangel Temple to make his name great to the nations of the world, to make his name honored, to hallow his name, amen. To be zealous about the name of the Lord. One more time, how many will fast one meal a day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? I want everybody to pray over America right now. Come on, lift your hands and let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our nation. Everybody pray for America right now. Oh, God, visit this nation. Visit this nation. Lord, where great men and women have stood in history of this nation. Lord, this is a crucial hour. This is a pivotal hour, oh, God. And you're looking for salt, you're looking for light, you're looking for those that will stand up. Arise, 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 arise! Oh God, let there be prophetic clarion voices to call the church, to call the nation to repentance and call the nation to God. Visit our nation, oh God, come to America. Come on, everybody, lift up your voice. Those who love America, pray for her right now. Those who love this nation, pray for America. Oh Lord, we cry out to you. Save our nation. God, save America. God, save America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah save our land. Turn our land towards you. Turn our nation towards you. Turn our sons towards their fathers, our daughters to nurse at their mother's side. Wayward children are coming home. We declare hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: I want us to bless Israel. government needs to be very careful in coming days, not to turn a cold shoulder. God can turn coldness up. He can turn a cold shoulder to a nation, to an area of a nation. We need to bless what God says to bless. And I want every believer watching online right now, I want you to lift your hands and every person in this room right now, I want you to lift your hands and I want us to bless Israel. God said, I will curse those that curse Israel. And I will bless those. I want everybody to bless Israel right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for your hand upon Israel during their elections. Thank you, Lord. That, Oh, God, we can call on you that Israel will be saved and Israel will know the Messiah and that Israel's eyes will be opened spiritually that, Lord, you have destined them and you have a call upon them and a purpose for Israel. And, God, we do pray that that call will be perfected, that the peace of Jerusalem will be witnessed even today, O oh God, that you will guard its gates, that, Father, America will not turn a cold short shoulder to Israel. Israel doesn't need America. America needs Israel's God. And I pray, oh God, that we would seek you and we would bless what you have called us to bless. Continue to bless Israel, but Lord, in all of this, I pray that the ministries that are there, the Christian Zionists that are, that are there and the Messianics that are there will have great, effectual, fervent, open doors to present the Lordship of Jesus so that a nation might know their Messiah, that the nation might know the Christ, the Son of the Living God, and we bless them today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, come on, sing it with me one time before we just. Holy you are Come on, just slip your hands up and welcome the Holy Spirit. pray this prayer dear jesus, dear jesus. We, honor we honor you as the head of the church we declare that you are lord, you are lord. forgive us of our sins, of our sins. Come, into our come into our hearts and truly be lord we declare your lordship over america we your lordship. over our city over and over our homes and families and by the grace of god grace we will be salt and light to the world around us. In your name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen.